Life Happens with Pimelo Mutine on SAFM, leading the conversation. What happens when a powerful icon is edited out of history? Where do you go to remember when nothing but a few photographs of him remain? The voice of a man many viewed as a father of Pan-Africanism. His name is Mangaliso Robert Sobukwe. No other political prisoner in South Africa has ever been the subject of a special statute except for Mangaliso Sobukwe. The Sobukwe clause was to ensure that he remained on Robben Island prison indefinitely. From 1963, having already served three years hard labor, he was detained for a further six years without trial. He was kept in solitary confinement with no human contact. On his eventual release, he was banished and placed under house arrest. But as far as the government of South Africa is concerned, as far as my colleague, the Minister of Police, is concerned, as far as the Commissioner of Police and the South African Police Force is concerned, the breakdown of law and order in South Africa will not be tolerated under any circumstances whatsoever. He was never anti-white. He was anti-white domination. He was opposed to our being dominated by whites. To, to quote a Minister of Justice at the time who said that the man was like a prophet. He was able to move people to do whatever he wanted them to do. And that's what they were scared of, uh, they were scared about. His power over people, his ability to talk to people, to understand people, and to lead people. He led from the front. Monday, 21st March 1960, was a day masterminded by Sobukwe that changed the course of South African history and focused the world's attention on the brutality of the apartheid regime. From then on, nothing would ever be the same. That is the, um, it was an clip actually from SABC's Icons. You may remember that. And uh, we are continuing our commemoration of the 21st of March, which um, really saw the death, um, 26, 21st of March, 1960, saw the death of a lot of um, black South Africans, 69 in particular, and uh, many more were injured. Um, Sharpeville Massacre is what it was referred to. And Lebohang um, Peku is a C Senior Research Fellow and Political Economist at the Trade Collective. Thank you so much for making the time to talk to us, Ms. Peko. When you reflect, specifically even this year, mm-hmm. when you reflect on the 21st of March, which yeah. we have called Human Rights Day, 
Mm. How does that resonate with you? Well, I think it's an interesting question, um, Pimelo, because I think like many other historical moments in this country, it's really a missed ad- opportunity to advance a much more holistic, deeper political discourse on the past and of the present. And I think that there's a there's a particular ethic, and I've been writing about this for many, many years. Um, you know, there's an ethic to remember. There's an ethic to be accurate in our remembrances. And really what we seem to be doing is really rethinking and creating meta- metaphors and myths. And um, I think it's also important to remember that memory is an act of defiance, mm-hmm. right? Um, because erasure, and I've written about this, erasure is the instinct of conquest. Mm-hmm. So when we allow things to be um, subsumed, to remain buried, to remain um, opaque, um, and, and, and to, uh, to be unseen, unspoken, and unheard, mm-hmm. and, and I think particularly in a country where there's only there's one particular party political narrative, which has become a proxy, for general history. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that there's a, there's, there's a distinction to be made between the anthification of our political and our national history and our actual national and political history. And we run the risk for ourselves and certainly for our children of teaching propaganda and of teaching half-truths. And I think March 21st, Sharpeville Day, very problematically renamed as Human Rights Day, is one of those dislocating, depoliticizing, erasing um, 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 missed opportunities. How do we find cohesion on the matter? Because it has mm. been contested for a while, as you say. Mm. No, please, I didn't mean to interrupt. Yes, I mean, I'm, I was about to ask, what is cohesion? Mm-hmm. And I think those are those, those are those kind of, you know, mm. you know, those meaningless words that we throw out like use chappies mm. when we don't want to have difficult conversations. Mm. Um, you know, social cohesion. Instead of talking about um, questions of restorative justice, mm-hmm. um, we, we throw words like cohesion, mm. diversity, because mm-hmm. we don't want to talk about race-based inequality. We don't want to talk talk about race-based oppression and the ongoing dispossession of people, of African people in this country. Mm. Um, And I think that, you know, words like cohesion for me, I don't find them very useful, Mm. particularly as an amateur historian, but especially, you know, especially as a political economist, especially as somebody who recognizes that the history of this this country, um, Pinello, is a colonial history Mm. that was tied in in capitalist extractivism. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, extracting black bodies from the mines, black, you know, black bodies to go and work in mines, to go and work on farms, and to go and work in white people's houses. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, much of our personhood and our humanity, and which is the question, you know, which is what the past book, the anti-past campaigns were about, right? Um, the defiance campaign led by Ndatesobukwe, as your as your beautiful clip, um, very 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 well narrates. But I mean, it was it was you know the personhood of black people and the utility of African people in this country was really in service to the to to, to capital mm. um, and their ability to produce and reproduce um, in an economy that was not even designed for them. That mm. was not even designed for us. Mm. Um, and I think that you know when we think about words like cohesion, mm. um, you know diversity with which are then dehistoricizing mm-hmm. the, the the extractivist nature 
of our problems, which we still see the vestiges and the consequences of today. Again, we really are running and sprinting away um, into 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 our heads in the sand, and that's not useful for any of us. I mean, you speak about photoshopping people out of history, and as mm. you were saying, now erasing uh, the true history of what this country has faced. Mm. What are the consequences of that? We see them, my love. I mean, we see them uh, when, when when students today are saying fees must fall. They're saying so because they, it, it, it's part of it, it. There's a historical exclusion. There's a historical debt. So indebtedness of African people in this country, people who are born into um, into a legacy of unemployment, who are born into a legacy of not families which not only have not worked for a generation or worked for a few years, where a person has never worked where a person has never seen an adult who works full-time. Um, and I think, you know, the definition of work being problematic, but they've never seen a, they've never seen anybody in their family go to one place from nine to five for years and years consistently, coherently, continuously. Mm. Intergenerational poverty. So we don't have um, this endowment of, of wealth that passes from one generation to the next. Um, financially as a result of this. And, and remember that also we don't have an, an endowment of an education system which was designed to make us creative, to make us think of the impossible. It, we do not have, a, a, for example, the sort of education system that was ever going to produce a Mark Zuckerberg intentionally. Mm-hmm. We were supposed to, we were only supposed to be workers and chattel to this project of um of international capital, and it, which was working, of course, in, 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 in close proximity and in collaboration and collusion with local white capital in this country. So against the backdrop of that, that is one of the, the, one of the consequences that we see mm-hmm. is, of course, um, social exclusion mm-hmm. um, and, and, and ongoing dispossession. We see children still falling into pit toilets. Mm-hmm. And you ask yourself, why in, 19, in, in, in 2021 must a child, an African child, mm-hmm. be falling into a pit a pit toilet not only is it illegal um you know for for you know these structures are so are illegal uh, we're supposed to have access to sanitation we're supposed to have access to water and so on but we seem to you know i think it's an it's an inheritance of an imagination that doesn't value african lives at all and what's very unfortunate and unpalatable is that an, a government that looks like african people doesn't often seem to be working in the interest of african people how do we fix this how do we fix this there's so many ways. I mean, mm. I mean, you know, mm. it could be at the ballot box. Mm. I mean, that's one. Um, I get very impatient with people who say, who, who complain, and then, you know, you look at the elections. I mean, at the ballot box is one way to do it. Another way to do it, I think, is to, is to build much stronger social movements, to rethink our vocabulary of what entitlement means, mm-hmm. Milo. Mm-hmm. So what does it mean to be an African person in this country? Is, does it mean to be a person who's always going to be oppressed, who's always going to be, you know, dispossessed, who's always going to be the one who falls into the Latrine? Is it a person who's always who's always going to be the lowest paid, even at even at senior corporate level? People, mm. statistics after statistics show that, uh, particularly for women, but for men too, it, it, there's a devaluation of African skill, of African talent. So until until we are able to build a narrative and to rethink and reimagine ourselves as the center of consideration, as being full citizens in our own country, we're going to keep on seeing this. And and I think that until also we have a leadership that is willing and able to reconstruct um, black people um, uh, in, in you know black people's dignity as the primary consideration of policy making i think that a, a, any government 
that thinks that it's, it's appropriate for the sort of housing settlements that exist to be to, for, for, for generations, um, that, that those are appropriate, that the kind of, um, you know, for people to be still fetching water from taps five, ten kilometers away in 2021 as if we're in 1921 or 1821. Um, you know, I think that all of these things point to uh, a need for us to rethink our, our, our own vocabulary and to really have very, very, very coherent and and stubborn policy advocacy around this. Let me just take a quick call. I think there, there is a comment here for you, uh, Limhan. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Is it Zagisi? Zagisi is calling us from Soweto High. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is Katie. How are you? It's, uh, I'm well, thank you. Go ahead. I'm, I'm good. It's in Zagisi again. And you know very well, once you touch Sobuko, you have touched me. Mm-hmm. Because I love the old man, and the first, uh, can I greet your your guest? Yes, go go uh, go go ahead. Please be fast uh, because oh, we are okay. running out of time. Okay, he is a lady daughter of the soil. Thank you so <laughs> much, Africa. Nice, <laughs> nice to talk to you. <laughs> yes, Sisi, uh, Last time when I called, I said I love you, and don't ask me why. I still repeat again, I love you. Don't ask me why. You are the only person <laughs> who give us an opportunity to talk about Ubabe Sobukwe because they have tried another Zonkin Jela. You will destroy your history, anything to do Mobabu Sebukwe. So far, you are the only person that made PAC to listen to SAFM. We love you for that. You don't have time. Me and you, we talk always. I'll call again next week and add about Babu Sobuke. Thank you, my sister. Your, your parting shot, Lebohang, um, on a day like this. Um, I think that we need to remember who we are. We need to remember, I think, that to rename and to reframe our vocabulary. We need to remember that Sharpeville is a day that is, um, you know, Sharpeville, Sharpeville Massacre was a day of reclaiming African humanity. It's not Human Rights Day. It's not Anti-Racist Day. It is a day that was actually framed by the Pan-Africanist Congress. And I think it's a day that when 69 people have died and 100, 100, another 180 were wounded, um, including, of course, um, the, 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 I think the, uh, the 26 who are also wounded mm. in Langa in Cape Town. Mm. We mustn't forget that. I think that we should be very mindful and respectful that not to vandalize political history by, ex- by, by, by pretending that these things have no political significance, that they have no political origins, and, 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 and not to sanitize them to the extent that they are just merely a long weekend in 2021. Mm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Luang Peko is a senior research fellow and a political economist at the Trade Collection. And I will put that up as a podcast. It's now two o'clock. Let's go to Greg Host for the very latest in SABC News.